This week in Revolt Black News, cannabis re-enters the chat. Because with our history, hell, we never really left the conversation to begin with. Now see, our rightful place in the cannabis industry goes far beyond the unjust crack epidemic that overly incarcerated our people. See y'all, this actually goes back to slavery. Because when we think of the awful terror and labor that our people endured, we tend to think of cotton, right? That's what's in the movies and in the textbooks, and that's because of the cotton gin. But what we don't see is that it was actually the Southern slaves who labored over the cultivation of the cannabis sativa plant known as hemp. Now Thomas Jefferson, who forced his slaves to harvest cotton and tobacco, also made them propagate hemp, and even said that hemp is of the first necessity to the wealth and protection of the country. So listen, y'all, y'all know the history that we harvested, but now, now is the time to cultivate our future. Welcome to Revolt Black News. I'm your host, Ebony K. Williams. Now today we're covering all things cannabis. Now to start off, we wanna break down the complicated market and highlight opportunities that are out there for black folk who want in, but just don't know how. So I'm joined today by former NBA star turned businessman and founder of Viola Cannabis, Al Harrington. Also with us is the founder and principal of Budding Solutions, Ms. Shanita Penny. And she's also a business strategist and public policy advisor. Welcome both of you to the show. Thanks for having hey, us. Ebony. Hey, thank y'all. So one thing I want to shout out is I love how cohesive uh, the black cannabis industry is that you two already know each other well, and I can't wait to hear more about, um, about that backstory. Now, Shanita, you are the founder of Budding Solutions, and your work includes um, all the things you're talking about, improving diversity um, and blackness in the space, and making sure that we are also in this movement of cannabis entrepreneurs. Talk to us a little bit about why that struck home for you, and why a lot of potential cannabis entrepreneurs need services like yours. I'll tell you, when I first got into the industry, I thought I'm just transitioning my consulting business. I'm just going to support mm. cannabis businesses instead of the Fortune 500 and government clients that I was working with. And I quickly realized that if you aren't at the table, and I mean early on, helping to create the legislation mm. that describes what the industry looks like, you don't stand a chance of participating in it in any other way except the consumer. No, right now we represent less than 4% of the industry. Um, and actually probably less than that when you talk specifically black people. Most people of color don't have, you know, they don't have a network to even raise 20, 30, 40, 100, $200,000 to even apply. It's, it's just a very tough industry, but I think that we can do this though. You know, we've actually shown it. You know, you got liquor, you got rice, sugar, cotton. You got all these different industries that we were right there pioneering. And right now we have no ownership in any of those industries. So this in cannabis, we're trying to make sure that, that that doesn't happen this time around. Shanita, what do you tell an entrepreneur that comes to you and they say, I'm pretty well positioned. I want to get in this industry. What is step one? How do I start? We have to start with who you are and build the team because nobody comes into this alone. So typically the first step is vetting the individual and, and you know, really ascertaining, is this a realistic path for you? because everybody is going to have to account for every dollar that you bring into this legal business. Mm -hmm. And they're gonna wanna know who 
all the, the players are. And again, just more importantly, you can't do it by yourself. You need a team. Brother Al, Viola is loaded with efforts uh, to give back and pour into and reinvest in the community. You guys, you are creating opportunities for minority ownership and then some. You've also launched a social justice initiative just last year, aiming to bring more minorities into the forefront of the industry. Incredible work. Congratulations. We appreciate you. But can you tell us a little bit about the groundwork you're laying for future entrepreneurs that look like us uh, in this conversation? And why is that so important to your work? Uh, it's, just, it's just very important just because, uh, you know, when I first came in the game, I just remember, um, you know, 10 years ago, how a lot of the, you know, suits or corporate people that were coming into the space, mm -hmm. how they talked down on a lot of the existing operators, um, you know, mm. made it seem like they weren't business, you know, they had no business acumen. Then you think about um, just black people in general, you know, in regards to like 85% of all drug arrests in our community is cannabis related. And now it's this new booming industry and we're not, we have no representation. I can even remember when I would go and speak on panels, you know, our white counterparts would talk about, you know, how they use cannabis to pay their way through college. They got through college debt free. Hmm. And when you think about yeah. our story, you know, we got nickel bags of weed and we in jail for 20, 30 years. You know what I'm saying? So just staring that right. contrast something that obviously really bothered me. Um, you know, that's how me and Shanita know each other through, you know, this organization called the MCBA, um, where, you know, we focus on, you know, equitable opportunities for people of color. And, you know, we worked with this uh, with this farmer out of uh, Martin, Tennessee. He had a farm that's been in his family for over 80 years. And, you know, over the last 40 years, they've made probably $900,000 of growing corn on that farm. And last year we flipped to a hemp farm and he made $3.4 million. Right. So just, wow. you know, just we just try to use Viola as much as a springboard to create more opportunity. You know what I'm saying? Educate, uplift. Yeah. And, you know, the goal behind everything that we're doing is all economic empowerment. It can be a form of reparations. And I know for sure it can rebuild our community for sure. Well, thank you, Al. You just stepped on my next question, um, but that's uh, it's exactly where I was going, which is, uh, of course, that Shanita back in uh, 2019, you testified before Congress about all of this, all of these issues, the role that the war on drugs has played on the suppression of black life in America, uh, the harm of discriminatory laws that it's played on, like you said, a barrier to access into the cannabis industry for black folks. And it is reparations, right? We, we, we very clearly see that this to me is the no brainer, as Al just put it, path to us getting reparations. I don't think this federal government is ever gonna cut black folks a check um, that, that is anywhere worth what we have given to this country, but access for us to fully participate, I believe disproportionately we should be able to participate in this cannabis industry is a path for reparations for us. Um, Shanita, I just love your, your thoughts on the reparations argument. I like having the conversation in context. You made my point. The cannabis industry will never be able to afford the reparations owed to black people in this country. However, this industry can certainly uh, contribute to the reparations and uh, related to the devastation of our community um, with the war on drugs. We have criminalized black folks and oppressed black folks with this plant for way too long. The cannabis tax revenue right now is funding initiatives in, you know, Illinois that are feeding folks, dealing with substance abuse, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, businesses, supporting small businesses and black owned businesses. So we are seeing uh, reparations piloted, if you will, 
through the cannabis mm. industry right now. And I think it's time for yeah. us to in that um, that reparations, because I understand that this is a fight that's been going on for a very long time. But I want to be more integrated as a people that we look at cannabis as a tool to achieve what we need to do, uh, achieve what we need to uplift our community. I, I totally agree with you. I also think this cannabis uh, tax revenue should be educating our children. Cannabis, of course, just this week became recent in the state of New Jersey. And while it's going to create a lot of job opportunities in the area, can you speak to um, how it will also lead to the decrease of disproportionate arrest uh, for people that look like us? Shanita? I don't want us to get excited about New Jersey before we do the work, uh, because we have a governor who held this whole thing up because he wanted to continue to criminalize kids as opposed to educating them, to your point, as opposed to treating abuse of any substance uh, as a health condition. So we have a lot of work to do in New Jersey. We are far from over. And I won't get into New York, but it's right there. And we have to talk about that too. Right now, the devil is in the details. You need black folks to be on the same page and speaking the same language, whether you are talking about industry or community or health and wellness. We all need to fully understand how we legalize this thing, but do not allow them to continue to criminalize us. And I'm gonna point back to Illinois again. Illinois this week just got rid of cash bail. When you start talking about things, when you start talking about these things in the bigger conversation, when cannabis is a part of the larger conversation about how we improve the lives of black folks in this country, then we'll get somewhere. Well, that's a word. Thank you, Sarnita. I appreciate that. Full, that's yeah, a full, up. full sermon. Go ahead, Al. Yeah. I, said, I can't follow up behind that. She, that was, I mean, she said it all. Yeah. Y'all are founders uh, and titans of industry. No doubt about it. And, um, you know, I know I personally want in. So, Shanita, I'm going to be calling you shortly after <laughs> this interview. Well, listen, Shanita, Al, we so appreciate you just dropping gym after gym after gym and highlighting such crucial information for the culture. We know that equity doesn't just happen with action. It's got to start with the information. So for that, we thank you both. All right, y'all. Now, Selena Hill is going to join us for this week's headlines after the commercial break. But first, here's Evelyn LaChapelle with a quick word on the history of the war on drugs. Let's take a look. What's going on? It's Evelyn LaChapelle here. And I'm sitting to you and coming to you to speak about the criminalization of cannabis because I myself received 87 months in prison as a first time nonviolent offender simply for depositing cannabis profits into my bank account in 2013. I'm here to talk about the green rush, which must have a spot for any black person who wants in. And that's because we've been the victim of mass incarceration behind the war on drugs and we're still fighting for our freedom decades later. Here's what happened. It was a bunch of racist shit in the 1980s when more than 40,000 black people were incarcerated for nonviolent drug offense charges during the height of the crack epidemic. And that same number of us are still serving time today. Black people made up 74% of people sent to prison for drug crimes, which is 13 times more than any other race, but only 13% were actual drug users. Fast forward to today, us black folks are 253% more likely to be arrested for simple possession. And it's not even addictive, decriminalize it. So look, while 81% of cannabis business owners or founders today are not people of color, only 4% of the entire industry is black owned. 
As a form of reparation, there are allies out there trying to use their cannabis platforms to expunge convictions and provide opportunities for Black people to take ownership positions. And with goats like Jay-Z fighting for minorities to have a seat at the table, the time is now. Please check out lastprisonerproject.org for the work that they're doing and also 40tons.co for the work that Corvain Cooper is doing. Recently received clemency after being sentenced to life in prison for non-violent cannabis offense. We are doing the work, we are on the ground running, and we are making a way for those coming behind us. So please get involved. Do not let this fall on deaf ears and please share the message. Welcome back to Revolt Black News. I'm Selena Hill and here are this week's headlines. Golf legend Tiger Woods was involved in a single car accident earlier this week in Los Angeles. It's been reported that the golfer suffered a broken leg with major fractures in the upper and lower portion of his right leg. Law enforcement officials spoke in more detail of the accident. Let's watch. The vehicle traveled several hundred feet from the center, uh, center divider at the intersection and rested on the, on the west side of the road in the brush, sustained major damage to the vehicle. You've seen all the images of that. And, uh, with that, our Lomita Sheriff Station will be conducting the traffic investigation, and it'll take from days to several weeks to get the whole thing together. Once the, in, the investigation is completed, we will provide a, a, a detailed uh, report. It'll be available, you know, based on public record act request, and we will not discuss any further after that point. And reports say Woods will not be facing any charges following the incident as the L.A. County Sheriff Alex Villanueva said this is purely an accident. We wish Tiger a speedy and healthy recovery. Seven Rochester police officers will not be facing any charges in the murder of 41-year-old Daniel Prude, who died by suffocation after a bag was placed over his head by Rochester PD during his arrest. Here's New York Attorney General Letitia James with the announcement. In the course of our investigation, we concluded that there was sufficient evidence surrounding Mr. Prude's death to warrant presenting the case to a grand jury. We presented the strongest case possible, but today the grand jury decided not to indict any police officer on charges related to Daniel Prude's death. Prude was one of many high-profile cases during the spring and summer of 2020 following the murders of Breonna Taylor and George Floyd. As many recall, Prude was visiting his brother when he suffered a mental health episode resulting in Rochester police called to the scene and ultimately to what the coroner ruled homicide by asphyxiation. Republican California lawmakers are calling for the recall of Governor Gavin Newsom and it's looking like a real possibility. 1.7 million signatures have reportedly been collected in effort to recall the governor on this summer's ballots, and while roughly 130,000 signatures have been deemed illegitimate, only 1.5 million are needed for a recall to happen. Newsom has been facing heat regarding California's vaccine rollout procedures and was subject to public scrutiny after he was seen dining out during the height of the COVID pandemic. 
And from the West Coast, we head to the East Coast, where the New York State Senate passed a bill to restore felon voter rights for those on parole. New York is one of a few states that now allow people on parole the right to vote. And statistically, nearly three quarters of parolees are black and brown folks. And in COVID news, the FDA has recently announced that Johnson & Johnson's one-dose vaccine has found to be 66% effective and safe. The vaccine has also been reported to fight off the different South African and UK variants of the COVID-19 virus. This will be the first one-dose vaccination and the third to hit the market in efforts to push the reopening of the United States. COVID cases recently hit 28.3 million nationwide. In more COVID news, a recent Washington Post op-ed spotlighted the importance of black and brown folks receiving the vaccine and its urgency for our community. Dr. Oni Blackstock, the author of the op-ed, reports that the COVID-19 pandemic has shortened the life expectancy for black and brown men and women by three years compared to non-people of color who's only one year. Dr. Blackstock goes on to posit that since black people ages 45 to 54 are seven times more likely to die from COVID-19 than white Americans, the vaccine age cutoffs should be prioritized accordingly. And in more COVID news, but across the globe, Ghana recently became the first country in the world to receive the World Health Organization-led COVID vaccine through the COVAX Vaccine Sharing Initiative. The inoculation made by AstraZeneca was delivered with 600,000 doses and was completely free of charge for the country. We wish Ghana a safe and smooth rollout as they begin administering doses next week. And in continuing the good news, Linda Thomas-Greenfield has been confirmed as the U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations, making her the third African-American to hold the position and only the second African-American woman to serve in the role. Here is Vice President Harris swearing her in. Congratulations, Thank Madam you. Ambassador. Congratulations. <laughs> That's it for this week's headlines. And before we take a quick break, Dr. Lynn Richardson from Our Fair Share joins to break down their work in helping black small businesses get access to PPP loans. Let's watch. Hey guys, I'm Dr. Lynn Richardson. I'm a financial coach. I'm with Our Fair Share. Over the past year, we have been working together to elevate small businesses owned by minorities so that they can get the assistance that they need to survive during the pandemic. The PPP loan, for example, um, is basically um, easy money. I, I, I have to just say it like that. For anybody who's in business, whether that's an independent contractor, somebody who does eyelashes or hair, a babysitter, my grandmother cleaned homes for wealthy people, that meant during a time like this, she would have been eligible for the PPP. So it's an opportunity for you to get some income without having to go work for it and then do what you need to do to recover. The PPP first draw is available for those who have never received the PPP loan in the past. It stands for Paycheck Protection Program. And it is literally designed to do what it says to protect the paycheck. So those companies um, who are um, small businesses with under 500 employees, nonprofits, um, certain tribal interests, 501c3 organizations, sole proprietors and independent contractors can qualify for the first round of the PPP. 
You must have had some business in 2019 and you must be able to show payroll records or if you're a sole proprietor, you must be able to show a Schedule C, which is the business schedule that you file on your 1040 tax return. Under the new Biden program, there are 14 days between February 24th and March 10th where businesses with less than 30 employees in low to moderate and minority communities will have an opportunity to apply for these funds exclusively. No one else can apply during this period. What's also great about this, it's opened up to ex-felons, it's opened up to those who have defaulted on their student loans, and it's opened up to non-citizens, which I think is amazing. I think unfortunately, the way our country runs in terms of uh, punishment, it's when those who are incarcerated make a mistake, they're told to go back out into the world and do it right this time. But if you go out into the world, you can't get a job. And if you wanna start a business and then, and then the pandemic hits, you can't get funding from the government. So this is a very important um, new development and uh, the clock starts ticking uh, Wednesday, February 24th, and it goes through March 10th, 14 days for our communities, our businesses and our communities to have an exclusive opportunity to apply for in excess of $200 billion in funding from the government. Let's keep our eye on the prize. Go to OurFairShare.com, get the information that you need to expand, to grow. Now is not the time to give up. Now is the time to keep going. So let's keep holding each other accountable. Let's do this together. Let's lift each other up. Go to OurFairShare.com. Welcome back to Revolt Black News. Now with today's episode being all about the cannabis industry, there's one thing we've yet to discuss, and that's the literal consumption. So who better to join us than the co-owner of the original Cannabis Cafe, which is the country's first restaurant to legally sell pot for on-site consumption. So welcome to the show, Chef Andrea Drummer. Welcome, Chef. Thank you, thank you for having me, glad to be here. Everything looks so good in front of you right now, Chef. So tell us a little bit about how you got started in cannabis cooking. And do you consider yourself a chef first and cannabis enthusiast second, or is it the other way around? I do. I consider myself a chef first. I actually got into the industry um, by way of being a patient. And fresh out of culinary school, you know, working in this industry can be a bit grueling. So I was experiencing a lot of aches and pains and being um, prescribed opioids and the like and deciding not to go that route and um, mm -hmm. taking an alternative way of medicating. Um, it just kind of made sense and understanding the efficacy of cannabis by way of eating. It made sense to me to combine my new career and this new, this new thing to me, new product cannabis. Well, we love to see it. Now, as we mentioned earlier, your restaurant, it's all about uh, something innovative and fresh and so needed uh, in the space and in the culture. But talk to us a little bit about navigating uh, as you were one of the first of your kind in the business. Um, what kind of applications did you apply for? Were there barriers to entry? Uh, how was your process? Yeah, we had a very unique team. Um, myself as, as a chef um, and an advocate of cannabis. We also had a, a team, a, a duo of um, lobbyists who we mm. actually helped to cr actually create the application. So the application didn't exist before we went to the city of West Hollywood to say, hey, this is a great idea. It's gonna increase tourism. Um, it's gonna be good for the community. You will be first to bring this to bear. 
Um, and mm -hmm. so that was the initial part of the process. And then we had to apply for this, advocate, this application that we advocated for. Um, and right. we were one of eight recipients to receive uh, hundreds of applicants. So very lucky and grateful for that entire process and understanding what it looks like as we try to take these, take this idea and these concepts to other cities. Some might even say higher heights. Yeah, no, I'm not a comedian. Now, what you've been able to do, Chef, it's incredible. Being the first is always important. We want to give you your flowers. It is black excellence to oh, the fullest you. extent. Um, so we've done a lot of talking. Now let's do some cooking. Um, I'm excited. Okay. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what dish you have for us today? I'm doing a seafood etouffee. Um, I chose Ooh. that dish because one is decadent and most people love seafood, especially lobster um, and colossal shrimp. And, but also it could, you could do this from morning to evening. So we're gonna do the dinner module. So we're gonna start off with the basics. We're gonna start off with the roux. And that's, a roux is basically just using equal parts flour, equal parts butter. Um, so I'm gonna start that, get it brown a little bit. I started softening some um, onions. We'll start there, we're gonna add a little garlic to that. We have two types of bell peppers, sugar bomb, cherry tomatoes, some tomato paste, garlic powder, onion powder, a little smoked paprika, some Cajun seasoning, fresh thyme, bay leaf, and some peppers. Then just to kind of kick it up a slight, I'm going to add a bit of this hot sauce. Now you can use whatever type you, you prefer. I'm going to use this. This is very controversial. I was going to say this is very controversial, chef. What kind of hot sauce? This is really good. It's a CBD hot sauce. Um, it's called Satan's Breath. I'm going to add a little yep. bit of this garlic to get it softened okay. as well. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to add our peppers. Um, then I'm going to add, before I even add any oil or anything, I'm going to add my seasonings because you kind of want those to toast up. It brings out um, the flavor more so when you toast them just a little before you add liquid. I'm going to go ahead and add our butter. Okay. And then we're going to add some of this flour and get this roux going. Cool. Now we're going to go ahead and add a little bit of tomato product. So let's go ahead and add our tomatoes. That's great. And then we're going That's to go great. ahead and deglaze. What I have here is vegetable stock, but you can use um, lobster stock or seafood stock, Ooh. or some people use chicken. And you can also use, we're going to um, garnish with some corn. You can also use the corn cobs to make um, corn stock and make your own veggie Ooh. stock, if you will. I'm doing a trio of seafood. I have some colossal shrimp here, and then mm. I also have some mussels, and then I've prepared some lobster tails as well. You always wanna um, continue to season throughout because you're layering flavors. And then we're going to deglaze with a little white wine. Rule of thumb, oh, okay. only use what you're willing to drink at the table. I feel like I can smell it. I feel like it's coming through the camera. Uh, I so wish I was in West Hollywood with you right now. I wish you were here. Getting to the good part. So the this part is... Yes. This is the butter, we're getting there. That's, that's the next good part. This is the butter okay. that I create to infuse the food. Okay. Um, my butter is, is generally about 120 milligrams per teaspoon. So if we add a teaspoon to this, that's roughly 30 milligrams per serving. The strain that I'm using. Now, what would you rec what would you recommend for a beginner? I'm sorry, chef. What would you recommend for a beginner? For a beginner, um, 
a dosage is con 10 milligrams is considered a dosage dosage legally here in the state of California. Um, conversely, my my guests or constituents are usually advanced um, consumers, so they can go up mm -hmm. to 15, 20, 30, some 50, and some even way over the top. I've I've had Wiz Khalifa at my table and. 30 milligrams is not going to do it for him. I was about to say, he's, he's, he doesn't look like a 10 to 20 milligram guy. Not yeah. at all. Uh-huh. Yeah. Not at all. Um, while you're doing that, Chef, I do want to ask you if you have any new um, products or uh, menu items that we should be looking out for in the future. So, yeah, we were working on a, ca a cannabis hotel concept in um, Palm Springs before the pandemic. And then, of course, when that hits, nobody knew you know, which way was up. Um, but that will still come to bear and also working on a product line of prepared foods that you can, you know, order locally. Mm -hmm. um, and also working on my second book. Oh, oh, that's all. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> that's, that's amazing, that's Oh, I was already hungry, but now I'm, I think I, I need to come to Hollywood right now, West Hollywood, and get that etouffee. <laughs> Chef Andrea, listen, thank you so much. We are so proud of you for being first oh, in the market you. in this space and uh, really laying the precedent for what this can look like. Uh, we wish you all of the success in the world. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, of course. All right, now we're going to step away for a quick commercial break. And when we come back, Gia Peppers and Don Juan join us for this week's Black Excellence and Entertainment. We've got more Revolt Black News after this. Hi, Revolt Black News fam. I am Gia Peppers, and I am joined by entertainment personality and candy-coated entertainment general manager, Don Juan. He's one of my favorites. I've been watching him for years, so I'm so happy that he's here. What's going on, Don Juan? How are you? Hey, Gia. I'm so happy to be here with you. You got all this bubbly yes. personality. I love it. I'm so excited. Like, I literally just told you I was watching you and candy, so I was like, this is great. I, like, manifested this. Uh, see, manifestation. So we are ready to definitely dive into this. We're manifesting things. Let's manifest something with Lena Waithe because that is our first person that we're talking about today. She is the epitome of Black excellence and her company, Hilmingrad Productions and Macro Television Studios are set to pair up for a new series called The Birth of Cool. It's a 10 episode series following students and teachers from a high school in Compton. California, Bompton, if you will. And this will be Macro's first BET Plus series and be one of the several pieces of business that Lena has with BET in general. We already know she has the 20s on BET. Um, and so I'm so excited for this. Are you excited? Yeah, I think this is really good. I'm familiar with Lena. Me and Lena know each other. But Lena is one of those trailblazing creatives. You know, she has everything yes. from The Shine. She, uh, you know, she did the reboot of Boomerang. Queen and Slim, which we all love. So she's not afraid to push the boundary a little bit and but create content that is for us, needed by us, yeah. but that also just hits right in the pocket of what we need right now. So I think she's gonna take a look with this series um, and hit some of those different things that we sometimes may not talk about in the school systems with the people, the teachers, the kids. Mm. I think it's gonna be a really great look and I'm probably gonna go ahead and say it's gonna be more BET plus things to happen with Lena Wave. 
Absolutely. I love that they are partnering with her because we've seen their partnerships with Tyler Perry do so well. You know, he has Absolutely. the highest rated shows in, in those time slots with the Oval, with Sisters, with all these things. And so now I'm excited to see what Lena can do because we need partnerships like this with our creatives who are killing the game, you know, and to make space for that. So I'm excited for these shows. She always get like 20s is such a good show. I'm so yeah, excited to see what this new show yeah. Yeah, she has great content and it just it resonates so well with us because it's, you know, by us and she's not afraid to push the boundaries. Absolutely. Absolutely. And speaking of someone who's never afraid to push boundaries, whether he's speaking somewhere or giving us a new film or a new television show like he did with Star and Empire, Mr. Lee Daniels is back with a new film called The United States versus Billie Holiday. Drops tomorrow on Hulu. The biographical drama tells the story of singer Billie Holiday, the legend, and, the, and her experience with the racist FBI uh, and narcotics chief who literally pursued her so much so that it caused so much pain to her. We all know that she had an ex quite an experience with drug use herself. And so we'll follow the real gritty details of her experience, you know, Billie Holiday versus the state. So I'm super excited to see how this moves. Um, and this will be out again tomorrow. And it features Andra Day, who is so talented. She's a singer. Uh, she's had that song Rise Up that has literally made us all get out of our chairs and out of whatever we're going through and just to be happy. And so we're so excited uh, to talk about this. Have you seen the trailer? Like, what are your thoughts? So, on I'm going to be honest. This? I've watched this trailer like five times. I've watched this yes. trailer and, and shared this trailer with people. This is one of those moments that from the time I saw the trailer, I said, this is going to be something that is gonna be monumental for the culture. Lee Daniels is always about changing things in the culture and being able to be that one of those front runners. And when I saw this, I was forwarding to my friends. You know, we are used to being able to see the story of Billie Holiday as it relates to um, the past stories that have been told. But I think this is gonna be a very different look for her. Um, Audrey Day is remarkable from the trailer. Like she, embodies this role like I have never seen it embodied. Um, so I'm just sure with the music, the cinematography, I think that this is gonna be a movie that we're gonna be talking about for years and years later because her portrayal in this story is gonna be something groundbreaking. Speaking of Hulu, we have to talk about all the things that all these streamers are doing. So let's move on to Netflix, which has saved us many times during this pandemic. They are set to premiere a new documentary about Biggie Smalls. It is called Biggie, I Got a Story to Tell. The doc will feature the rap legend's mother, Valletta Wallace, as well as longtime friend and revolt chairman himself, Diddy, I Got a Story to Tell is the first documentary approved by the Wallace estate run by Mrs. Wallace. So we can only imagine that this was handled with the utmost care and respect. And we might even get some new facts and new tea. So I'm so ready for this. Are you, Don Juan? I'm excited because this documentary, like you said, there's been a few different variations, but this is one of the moments where you actually get an authorized look into such an icon's life. Um, as we know from Revolt and everything that Diddy does, like it's not going to hold back. And I think it's going to definitely um, put us in the forefront of really being able to say, you know what? I need to Google that. Did that happen? Let me research this. It's going to make yeah. us really question and want to dig deeper into the life of such an icon. Um, his mother, like yeah. I said, from music to all, they don't just put a stamp on anything as it relates to his estate. So with this being able mm -hmm. to come out and this being the first approved documentary, 
I'm telling you, this is going to be a must watch. Uh, probably, uh, you know, more than any other movie that has come out about his life. D'Angelo is going to be um, one of the people who is now our next versus star. He will be doing a versus versus friends. So like it could be any and anybody that shows up. D'Angelo has worked with so many people. He's one of the most respected male artists, male singers in this game. Neo soul, R&B, jazz. If D'Angelo touches it, it's going to be one of those heart soul filling hits. So I want to ask you, who do you think he will bring up to the versus so stage? I, and I oh, really it's also going to be at the Apollo. I just wanted to make sure we say this this Saturday live from the Apollo Theater in Harlem, which is already legendary yeah. in itself. This is legendary and D'Angelo doing a versus himself is legendary. And when you talk about the Neo Soul era R&B and everything with D'Angelo, it's a few names that come to mind. You said Jill and Erica, they've done their own verses, but I wouldn't be surprised if Jill, Scott yes. Badu make her appearance. I wouldn't be surprised if his the mother of his child, Angie Stone, makes an appearance. You got to mm -hmm. include the music soul childs, the Anthony Hamiltons, the Roots, Raphael Sadiq, maybe. I mean, what would shock us all is if you could bring Lauren Hill. It's just a variety of different people that could be so amazing for this versus and that would just change everything. You know, D'Angelo has all of the hits from Brown Sugar to Cruising to How Does It Feel? So Lady. he already has all of these amazing records. Okay, so wishful thinking, absolutely, Don Juan. This has been so fun today. Like I <laughs> truly, truly didn't know how much fun I was gonna have and it has been a ball. So thank you for being here. We gotta do this again sometime, definitely. We have to, we have to. All right, everyone, I hope you all enjoyed. And now before we head to commercial break, here's even more Black excellence as we look at the Black Music and Entertainment Walk of Fame nominee ceremony at the gathering spot in ATL last week. Let's watch it. Tonight we're announcing for the first time the inaugural class of the Black Music and Entertainment Walk of Fame. The Walk of Fame is a joint initiative by the Black Music, by the Black American Music Association, which is affectionately known as BAM, uh, and the uh, Georgia Entertainment Caucus, which is affectionately known as GEC. So for us to come together and do this, it's for now, it's for yesteryear, it's, it's, it's making sure that our legacy and the preservation of that stands tall, but it's also for the future and for tomorrow and for our kids and so they can learn from what we're doing. So what's going on, everybody? Um, thank you to the individuals that put this together. We need more of this. I'm extremely inspired. Good evening. How's everybody? Thank you to the, all of GEC for having me. Thank you, Captain, my sister. I love you to death. Thank you. And as far as you uppity executives out there, you better not let the truth come out your mouth. You don't want to lose your 401k, your fancy car, or your house. But you know what makes me smart? Is that I know the difference between being black and being dark. So we thank you for tonight. We're making history. We're changing lives all over the world. And it started right here in Atlanta, Georgia. Jesus is It's something to be said about bringing this walk of fame to a community that's one of the poorest in all of Atlanta where you will have young black boys walking down this street to see stars that inspire them and remind them of our culture. He is mine forever. 
What's up, everybody? It's me, Angela Yee, and I am here. I'm guest hosting a segment on Revolt Black News. And this is right up my alley because I have personally invested in the sexual wellness area. You know, I have my podcast, Lip Service, and we're all about sexual wellness. Also, the cannabis industry, that's always been top of mind for me, too. So I wanted to interview somebody that actually merges both of these worlds together. So joining me is Michelle Harrington. She's an investor at Foria, and she's going to shine a light here on all the incredible work that she's doing. So welcome to the show, Michelle. How are you? Thanks for having me, Angela. Um, it's been um, it's been a whirlwind working with Foria. Uh, Foria was established in 2014. Um, it's the first cannabis and hemp brand in the sexual wellness space, which is huge. Um, we have all organic and plant-based formulas um, for quality of life in and outside of the bedroom. Um, and I think it's essential for every woman in every aspect of her life. You know, I'm so happy that you said that about plant-based, organic, because we are going to be taking these products and putting them on our womanly areas, right? So we want to make sure that <laughs> we're not doing anything dangerous. Yeah, I think I think that's that's a little bit of hesitancy, hesitancy for women when you talk about putting something in your womb. Um, and I think that helps facilitate people's uh, wanting to use it by it being 100% plant-based and organic. Um, each batch of our product has been tested for purity and potency. There's lot numbers on the bottom of the um, on the bottom of the uh, bottles that you can correlate with our website just to give you peace of mind. I know some people will do it and some people won't do it, but it gives you peace of mind that our 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 products are coconut based. It's not going to change the pH in your vagina because it's neutral. So you're not going to get BV. You're not going to get a yeast infection or any of those things. Once you get uh, your hands on the product, it's it's a no brainer. You end up loving it and coming back time and time again. So coconut. So that means it tastes good, too, just for everybody out there. Exactly. Yes, <laughs> exactly. I always say if you can't eat it or, you know, uh, you can't pronounce the items in the in the ingredient list that you shouldn't be putting it down there. Now, before Foria, you already had an established cannabis brand. You have Viola. We actually talked to your husband, Al Harrington, about that previously. And so let's talk about moving into the sexual wellness space. What made you decide to do that? I think it was huge because there's um, 75 uh, 75% of women never reach orgasms from intercourse alone. And 10 to 15 what? have never, yes, Crazy, right? Like who's out there not having yeah, so all these women out here faking it? Uh-uh. Yes, faking it or just, you know, they're having clit uh, clitoris stimulation, which are getting them. But a lot of people aren't having penetration, um, having orgasms with penetration. Um, and 10 to 15% mm -hmm. never climax under any circumstances. So I think alone, those stats were so alarming. And I feel like the black and brown community are unaware that these products even exist. Sometimes I think people feel like it's taboo to even discuss, are you having an orgasm? Do you need some help to achieve that? Have you tried different exactly. products? Because you don't have to just live like that. Yes, exactly. And I, I think that's where Foria bridges that gap. We're here to help. And I think, um, like even in my own life, I, you know, we met at 19, so we weren't talking about sex. But now that, you know, we're, we're older, we're more communicative, we have that communication in the bedroom. And I just think that, there's thing there. I won't. I won't have sex now without Foria. It's like by my bedside. Because <laughs> everybody needs. Listen, can you break down Foria's perspective on spontaneous versus responsive desires and all the complexities that it leads to in the bedroom? 
spontaneous desire is what you see in the movies is what they they the sex scenes that you see in the movie where it's the science based where they think that a man's libido um is has he has more of a libido than a woman does and i think the responsive is sensory touch that where my mind my um my body has to catch up to my mind because i'm being touched it may be an erotic movie on something to visually stimulate stimulate me in order to want to have sex and i think foria bridges that because it has um it equals the playing field it gets me ready Although foreplay is welcomed and accepted, it gets me ready to where I may not have to have foreplay. I could just head on in and I'm meeting, I'm, I'm, I'm meeting him at his point. Well, let's talk about the quickie kit. So we, in the quickie kit, we have Awaken, which is an arousal oil. For the arousal oil, mm -hmm. that takes about 10 to 15 minutes to kind of absorb. You want to let it absorb in your, your vulva area. So it's, you massage it into your labia, around your clitoris. And it, what it does is it's a vasodilator. So it gets all the blood pumping to that area, making it super sensitive, super sensitive to touch. It makes your, in, your uh, orgasms more intense. And then also- Right. <laughs> we have a box coming to you already. That's in the mail. That's done. <laughs> done deal. Um, and then we have our lubricant, which what that does is um, uh, uh, um, upon penetration, it has it gets everything going in the interior. So it plumps up your erectile tissue inside your vagina that is considered your G-spot, making your orgasms easily accessible. Now, who doesn't love an easily accessible orgasm? Um, here, Listen. here I go. <laughs> <laughs> I raised my hair on that one. Right? <laughs> so what has the man's response been to these products? Uh, I was I was just talking to my husband about this because I think in speaking with men, um, I think it's created a way to openly talk about sex and bring that communication into the bedroom because you know I I may have thought that it's supposed to hurt every time I have sex and that's not that's just not mm -hmm. the case because I think um, I think there's a I think there if there's a product that can help them facilitate more sex. I think they're all on board. This sounds amazing. <laughs> and I'm also interested in just this whole black entrepreneur space when it comes to cannabis. So what would you mm -hmm. tell somebody who wants to dive in to this field? I think first and foremost, you need to educate yourself on CBD. There's such a stigma associated with, am I going to get high? Um, is this, uh, is this going to change my pH balance? So I think just, as long as education continues, by the year 2027, this market has a trajectory of $123 billion. If that's not enough incentive to jump in and educate yourself, I don't know what is. Is there anything else that you wanna leave us with? Any resources, anything you wanna tell us no, to look like, forward to where we can find you? You can find um, me on Instagram, um, Mrs. Uh, Harrington913. You can find us forrealwellness.com. Um, and just, you know, sign up for our uh, email list of, of all the things that are to come for Foria and all the things that we're going to be releasing because we're going to be doing a pre-order soon for, um, for some products that if you're on the list, if you're on the email list, you, you're going to get it faster. You'll be the first to know. Yay. Well, thank you, Michelle. Thank you so much for joining me. I would have did this just to get my box in the mail, so I'm really excited. <laughs> but I'll keep, 
everyone updated on how everything works out. And thanks for this incredible conversation. And congrats on all of your success. Ebony, we are back over to you. Angela, we appreciate you so much as always. Thank you, sis. All right, so with everything said today, we now have to point you towards an initiative that really brings this all home. Check out caninclusive.com. It's a company founded by black women, Mary Pryor, Tanya Rapley, and Charlize Antoinette. Now they created Caninclusive to facilitate fair representation of minority cannabis consumers. Y'all peep their website. They've got an accountability list and an inclusive base where you can input your information if you've got a black cannabis business so that those that are out there doing their part know that you're out there. Remember, this green rush is happening with or without us. So let's be sure to ensure that anyone who wants in as a black entrepreneur has the tools and opportunity to succeed as a green entrepreneur. For Revolt Black News, I'm Ebony K. Williams. See you next time. Thank you.